Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Sense Pants Radio, Australia's dumbest podcast network. Welcome to Dear Harry Slash Spock, a podcast where comedians read out their original fan fiction. My name is Ellen Waddell and I'm the co-creator of Dear Harry Slash Spock. So, how are you guys doing out there? Um, It's a bit weird at the moment, isn't it? But I hope you're being nice to yourselves and that we can distract you and make you laugh or or smile at least once during the next, I don't know, however long this podcast turns out to be. But before we start the show, an announcement. Do-be-do-do-do-do-do. So if you're listening to this on the week of release, uh, we are doing a live stream on Twitch on Thursday the 2nd of April at 8pm. It's going to be very much like a live show in the fact that I will be drunk, but it will be hosted from my house and we'll have some excellent videos of comedians doing their original fan fiction. It's all in aid of Suffra, they're a North London food bank. Uh, we want to raise some money for them because they put out an emergency coronavirus appeal and they're pretty desperate for supplies. Also, I do need an excuse to put on makeup and not pyjamas. There will be laughter, there will be joy, there will be niche polls, and there will almost definitely be some technical failures. But join us, go to twitch.tv slash dearharryspock on Thursday, 8pm, 2nd of April, to watch and enjoy. Our first story today, today, whatever, what is time anymore? Our first story comes from comedian and ukulele superstar Jez Brown. He's going to be reading out AI fan fiction created by Botnik Studios, a machine entertainment company run by comedy writers, and they use computers to remix text. Take it away, Jez. that uh, J.K. Rowling uh, actually wrote uh, some books under another name, uh, non-diploma, Robert Galbraith uh, was the pseudonym that she used. A name that uh, she created uh, for these other books that she wrote, um, naming, uh, creating this this sort of pulled together name uh, from two people who really influenced her. Firstly, Robert Kennedy, um, who was a uh, a very nondescript sort of uh, New Zealand seam bowler from the 1990s. And and, uh, Ella Galbraith, uh, which was her own name she gave to herself when she's an elf. <laughs> so, a little big for her boots there. Um, so anyway, uh, everyone found out uh, that Robert Galbraith uh, was J.K. Rowling. Um, and initially, the, the way that this happened was that her, uh, her lawyer told his wife, who then blurted it out on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but how did they prove it? 
How did they prove that she was Robert Galbraith? Well, uh, they used forensic linguistics, which is where you actually pump all of the material into a computer. It goes through, it figures out exactly who wrote what. So they're able to take the Robert Galbraith books and the Harry Potter books and completely say 100% this is exactly the same writer. Now, you may have heard very recently that Elon, one of Elon Musk's companies, has an AI that can perfectly uh, replicate anybody else's writing. So the piece that I'm going to read tonight uh, was written by an AI. (laughs) And what they did was they took all of the Harry Potter books and they put them into a computer and... uh, and, and it's, written, it's written a chapter uh, of, ha- of Harry Potter. Uh, so uh, please uh, sit back and enjoy this chapter uh, from Botnik Studios' Harry Potter and the portrait of what looked like a pile of ash. <laughs> chapter 13, The Handsome One. <laughs> the castle grounds snarled with a wave of magically magnified wind. The sky outside was a great black ceiling, which was full of blood. (laughs) The only sounds drifting from Hagrid's hut were the disdainful shrieks of his own furniture. (laughs) Magic. It was something that Harry Potter thought was very good. (laughs) Leathery sheets of rain lashed at Harry's ghost as he walked across the grounds towards the castle. Ron was standing there and doing a kind of frenzy tap dance. He saw Harry and immediately began to eat Hermione's family. Ron's Ron shirt was just as bad as Ron himself. If you two can't clump happily, I'm going to get aggressive, confessed the reasonable Hermione. I am on the right page. What about Ron magic? Offered Ron. (laughs) To Harry, Ron was a loud, slow and soft bird. (laughs) Harry did not like to think about birds. Death eaters are on top of the castle, Ron bleated, quivering. Ron was going to be spiders. He just was. (laughs) He wasn't proud of that. But it was going to be hard not to have spiders all over his body when all was said and done. (laughs) Look, said Hermione. Obviously, there are loads of Death Eaters in the castle. Let's listen in on their meetings. (laughs) The three complete friends zapped onto the landing outside the door to the castle roof. They almost legged it, but witches are not climbing. Ron looked at the doorknob and then looked at Hermione with searing pain. I think it's closed, he noticed. (laughs) Locked, said Mr. Staircase, the shabby-robed ghost. They looked at the door, screaming about how closed it was and asking it to be replaced with a small orb. The password is Beef Woman, Hermione cried. (laughs) Harry, Ron and Hermione quietly stood behind a circle of Death Eaters who looked bad. I think it's okay if you like me, said one Death Eater. Thank you very much, replied the other. The first Death death Eater confidently leaned forward to plant a kiss on his cheek. Oh, well done, said the second as his friend stepped back again. All the other Death Eaters clapped politely. (laughs) Then they all took a few minutes to go over the plan to get rid of Harry Potter's magic. (laughs) 
Harry could tell that Voldemort was standing right behind him. He felt a great overreaction. (laughs) Harry tore his eyes from his head and threw them into the forest. (laughs) Voldemort raised his eyebrows at Harry, who could not see anything at the moment. Voldemort, you're a very bad and mean wizard, Harry savagely said. Hermione nodded encouragingly. The tall Death Eater was wearing a shirt that had said, Hermione has forgotten how to dance. (laughs) So Hermione dipped his face in mud. Ron threw his wand at Voldemort and everyone applauded. Ron smiled. Ron reached for his wand slowly. Ron's the handsome one, muttered Harry as he reluctantly reached for his. They cast a spell or two and jets of green light shot out of the Death Eaters' heads. Ron flinched. Not so handsome now, thought Harry. As he dipped Hermione's as he dipped Hermione in hot sauce. The Death Eaters were dead now, and Harry was hungrier than he had ever been. The Great Hall was filled with an incredible moaning. Chandeliers and a large librarian that had decorated the sinks with books about masonry. (laughs) Mountains of mice exploded, and several long pumpkins fell out of McGonagall. (laughs) Dumbledore's hair scooted next to Hermione as Dumbledore arrived at school. The pig of Hufflepuff pulsed like a large bullfrog. Dumbledore smiled at it and placed his hand on its head. You're Hagrid now. We're the only people who matter. He's never going to get rid of us. Harry, Hermione and Rodden sit in chorus. The floor of the castle seemed like a large pile of magic. The Dursleys had never been to the castle and were not about to come there in Harry Potter and the portrait of what looked like a large pile of ash. Harry looked around and then fell down the spiral staircase for the rest of the summer. (laughs) I'm Harry Potter, Harry began yelling. The dark arts better be worried. Oh boy. Then... enjoyed that and why wouldn't you then please support botnik on patreon.com slash botnik studios and if you want to tweet at jez and tell him that he's a very nice man then you can do that on twitter at jez underscore brown underscore so some people like to break world records by bathing in beans or running real fast but comedian sean holt decided to try and set his own by naming all the pokemon in rap formation Please enjoy excerpts of this very impressive feat. Who here likes Pokemon? All right, good. That's like half of you. So the other half, uh, you're going to hear a lot of nonsense words for the next little bit. But before I start, uh, if you're expecting um, good singing... Lower those expectations. <laughs> if at some point you think, oh no, he's losing his voice, that's not the case. <laughs> so don't worry. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's do this. I say Squirtle. I say Clefable. I say Ponita. I say Machop. Because that's my name. 
Cause that's my name. Cause that's my name. Cause that's my name. I say slowpoke if I'm a slowpoke. Or Pidgeotto if that's my name. I say my name. I say my name. I say my name. I say my name. Onyx and a Gengar get dropped in, dropped in the middle of a fight with Team Rocket in Kanto region with their wheezing and their coughing and Ekans who will grow up to be an Arbok. That ten-year-old trainer from Palette without a father first got Charmander from a man there who had the starters. Didn't take Bulbasaur if he was a late starter. Choose Pikachu from Yellow, get a lot farther. And every day when he was catching Grimer and Muck, he was in luck in the fields of Hoopkin, where he would find a Taurus or a Jinx. That was something to use when fighting Lapras, training Star Users. Down the final for us And on route 11 Jolteon was shooting lightning Hitmonlee and Hitmonchen Both with Clefairy fighting Snorlax dreaming victory bells Unless the flute is piping Mr. Mime's got fingers So he can do some time Well the bag is getting full They said you can't catch that jiggly puff He traded, executed, got a stone For a weekly tough A Vulcan team and nine tails His team is getting tough The world's gonna know his Bollywag, Parasec, Executor, Butterfree and Rapid Dash, Licking Tongues and Slash, Tentacool, Tentacruel, Aerodactyl. Palma Star, Kangaskhan, Polyrath, Venomoth, The Electrode, Electabuzz, and I got Kabutops, Dragonair, Dragonite, Night of Queen, Narcanine, Radicate, Marowak, Alakazam, Glowstones! One left, guys. This is it. We've come to the final Pokemon. It's number 151. The hardest one to catch. You have to glitch the game in the original. So everyone help me. Uh, singing this last song. I'm sure you all know who it is.
thank you for that, Sean. He's not on Twitter, but he does have a podcast called The Never Ending Podcast, where he discusses the never ending story. So go and listen to it. Atray you, etc. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway. And I have long ebony hair. That's how I got my name. With purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears. And a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. Author's note, if you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch. And I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England, where I'm in the seventh year. I'm 17. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell. And I wear mostly black. And so begins My Immortal, one of the most famous pieces of fan fiction ever committed to the internet. My Immortal was based on Harry Potter and appeared on fanfiction.net in 2006. The author published the story under the username xxxbloodywrist666xxx, but she identified herself as Tara Gillespie. The plot centred on the trials and tribulations of Ebony Way, a 17-year-old vampire who attended Hogwarts school. She spends most of the plot either having sex with everyone or dealing with everyone wanting to have sex with her. Yeah, but everyone is in love with me. Like Snape and Lupin took a video of me naked. Hagrid says he's in love with me. Vampire likes me. And now, even Snake Tail is in love with me. I just want to be with you, okay, Draco? Why couldn't Satan make me less beautiful? But Ebony's main hookup is her boyfriend, Draco Malfoy. He was a shy, sensitive bisexual with black eyeliner and black nail polish. Draco leaned in extra close and I looked into his gothic red eyes. He was wearing colour contacts, which revealed so much depressing sorrow and evilness and then suddenly I didn't feel mad anymore. In its heyday, My Immortal was getting between 8,000 to 10,000 reviews per chapter, making it the most reviewed story on fanfiction.net ever. However, most of the reviews were negative. 
The main criticisms were the plot. It was wildly inconsistent, it had no regard for the source material, and it was systematically terrible. Almost as if it were written badly on purpose. And then, just as I, Draco kissed me passionately. Draco climbed on top of me and we started to make out keenly against a tree. He took off my top and I took off his clothes. I even took off my bra. Then he put his thingy into my you-know-what and we did it for the first time. Oh. 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 I screamed. I was beginning to get an orgasm. We started to kiss everywhere and my pale body became all warm and then... What the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? It was Dumbledore. Imagine some of you are thinking, where's Harry Potter? He's here, don't you worry. Except he's a vampire and he's called Harry Vampire Potter. He didn't have glasses anymore and now he was wearing red contact lenses just like Draco's. And there was no scar on his forehead anymore. He had a manly stubble on his chin. He had a sexy English accent. He looked exactly like Joel Madden. He was so sexy that my body went all hot when I saw him, like an erection. Only I'm a girl, so I didn't get one, you sicko. I'm so sorry, he said in a shy voice. That's all right. What's your name? I questioned. My name's Harry Potter, although most people call me vampire these days, he grumbled. Why? I exclaimed. Because I love the taste of human blood, he giggled. After Ebony meets Vampire Potter, she discovers that he and Draco used to date. She becomes so angry that she runs crying into the Forbidden Forest where she meets Lord Voldemort. There, Voldemort demands that she kill Vampire Potter with the gun he gives her, or else he will kill Draco, but Ebony refuses. As the book continues, the plot inconsistencies and spelling get worse. Professor McGonagall starts to be referred to as McGoggle or McGoggles. Severus Snape is depicted as two separate characters called Severus and Snape. And Ebony herself is referred to as Ibobby, Ibori, Anomi, Edbonny, Ivoni, Igogi, and Inobi. Also, Azkaban becomes Azerbaijan, Dumbledore becomes Dumbledore, and Voldemort is also known as Darfela and the Dork Lord, respectively. Tara says these errors are due to the fact that she hasn't actually read all the Harry Potter books. Instead, she has based a lot of the characters on whatever movie she has seen. Ebony eventually meets the young Riddle, who calls himself Satan. The author then points out a few plot holes in these scenes, which she has written, but then quickly tells readers to ignore them. There is also an unexpected cameo by a gothic Marty McFly with the DeLorean time machine, which is able to transform into an iPod. The authorship still remains a mystery. In 2017, Rose Christo, a young adult writer, claimed ownership. But then it turned out she just photocopied some of the evidence collaborating her story. So we don't know who it is. Could be someone listening to this podcast right now. If it is, then, you know, get in touch. Be a real scoop. I hope you enjoyed my highly analytical discussion of the daddy of all fan fiction. And finishing out the show, we have comedian, voiceover artist and mental health campaigner Juliet Burton, who did some fan fiction about The Muppets. 
I always felt like a total misfit when I was a kid. I didn't feel like I belonged. I, I didn't feel like I, I belonged on the farm that I grew up on. I felt like a city girl in a country world um, and simply a girl in a misogynistic farming community. <laughs> I was a misfit. And then I found the Muppets. Because the Muppets, look at them. None of them look the same. And yet they all belong together because they're all misfits. It was a revelation to me. And that kind of, that picture kind of um, symbolises what I think of as the comedy community as well. Like, like no, one, no one really fits in. Uh, and there's not enough women. <laughs> I, I love doing accents. I've got a wide range. I do voiceover stuff, and I love doing accents. <laughs> the Muppets are mainly just all American. <laughs> so um, if they sound alike, I am not sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is it. This is the only theatre I've ever really wanted to perform in. I'm about to open the door to The Muppet Show. I was surprised to get the call inviting me to be a guest star. The voice on the end of the phone sounded vaguely familiar, but it being Scooter, one of the lesser-known Muppets. Even I, a Muppet mega-fan, struggled to recognise his voice. And considering that Richard Hunt, who originally voiced him, died in 1992, and he then ceased to exist in the Muppet universe until 2008, when David Rudman started voicing him, it really was very hard to know who the fuck it was talking to me. <laughs> they wanted to reach a new audience, he said. A fringe audience. My audience. <laughs> I turn the handle and I enter the stage door. Hello? I call out backstage. It is worryingly quiet. And then I hear a small voice approaching me. Hi-ho, Juliet. <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. Mr. the Frog, this is a, a huge honour. I've been such a huge fan of yours for just years. We're delighted you agreed to be a brand new, very special guest star on The Muppet Show. But why me? Well, Juliet, my nephew Robin is online a lot. As are all the Muppets, Mr. the Frog. I follow you all on Twitter. Yes, I know. Please stop tweeting me about your shows. Robin read your articles. He searched comedian, Muppet fan, and it came up with... Well, thousands of famous names, but most of them had other work on and our budget is pretty low. I have no work on Mr. the Frog and I would actually pay to be here. Juliet, too many people associate the Muppets with a certain video on YouTube. Was it the Muppet mashup of Eminem, My Name Is? Or, or Beastie Boys Sabotage? Or, oh, no, is it Lauren Hill, doo-wop, open brackets, that thing, close brackets? He looks exasperated. At least, I think he does. I mean, he's doing that thing with his face where it squashes down. <laughs> Kermit continues. It's the Donald Trump mashup with Menomina. Some people are actually blaming us for his election. Now, we need to disassociate from politics. The Muppets are about uniting, not dividing. And we hear that's your kind of thing, too. Mr. the Frog, I'll do anything for you, I reply. In 2015, I had an operation on my head, and for a week afterwards, I was in so much pain, all I did was watch the Muppet movie, 1979 version. Not the most recent one, that's bullshit, that is. Uh, <laughs> and my favourite ever joke is in that movie. It's where you and Fozzie are in the car, and Fozzie is driving, and you turn to him, and you say, bare left, and he says, right frog. <sighs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Kermit interjects. Actually, that scene was filmed during a time when Fozzie was really angry with me over a pay dispute. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. the Frog, I'd do anything to help you. I've loved the Muppets since I first saw Sesame Street. I know that that's not strictly the Muppets. It's made by the Henson Company in the Sesame Workshop. I learned that when I became a grown-up. <laughs> I also learned that Big Bird's imaginary friend, Snuffleupagus, was originally meant to be invisible to the other characters on Sesame Street, but the creators were worried that since there was a child sex abuse scandal at the time, the kids might think that if they told adults a secret, adults might not believe them. So that's how Snuffleupagus became a real-life character on Sesame Street. (sighs) Kermit stares at me for a moment. He's still staring. It actually feels like he's not blinking at all. Just then... A door opens, and a burst of lilac, satin, and pearls wafts in. (laughs) I can't do the voice, I'm so sorry. Um, What's all this about a new girl arriving? She better not be stealing my limelight. My hero enters the room. Oh, Miss Piggy, I could never take the spotlight away from you. You are everything. You showed me that women can be strong. I learned that a woman can and will save the day repeatedly and she will do it with great hair. I mean, sure, Kermit rode a bike in the Muppet movie in 1979 and everyone was so impressed. Oh, wow, a frog on a bike. How did he do that? But you did it in The Great Muppet Caper in 1981 in heels. Piggy's expression begins to soften. I mean, it was pretty soft to begin with, her face being made of felt. (laughs) I think I like this one. Can I a duet with her in the show? You can sing, can't you? Well, kind of. I mean, I do karaoke sometimes. I admit to my idol. I do not admit to her that I sometimes do karaoke alone. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem enter the orchestra pit (laughs) as Piggy leads me to the stage. We begin to sing the song Rainbow Connection. We rehearse throughout the day. The band obviously offer me drugs because they've all been high since 1958. (laughs) At lunch, the Swedish chef uh, prepares us food. I'm excited at the prospect of seeing Jim Henson's actual hands because the Swedish chef is the only one character on whom you can see his actual real-life Jim Henson hands, which is an amazing thing considering he died 18 years ago. As I sit there on the stage eating some kind of singing vegetable, I catch, I catch sight in the wings of a cannon. I know exactly whose cannon that is. It's my first ever crush, after Donatello from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That cannon belongs to my second ever crush. I outgrew Donatello, sure, but my heart will never grow out of admiration for my one great love, the greatest love of all, for the great Gonzo. Ever since I first saw Gonzo in the Muppet movie, making an honest living being a plumber to support his creative dreams of being a stuntman, I fell for him. He does loads of stunts just to feel alive. And I get that. I had an LP of Muppet music when I was about 10 years old. I listened repeatedly to Gonzo eating a car tyre to the tune of The Flight of the Bumblebee. (laughs) He was cool, but he didn't care. Gonzo's personality gave me the kind of feeling that I can only guess other prepubescent girls felt about another one of the Henson Company's greatest assets, David Bowie's Bulge and Labyrinth. (laughs) Kermit wanders over towards me. Goodness, Juliet, (laughs) has someone been cleaning up around here? We need Scooter to mop the floor. You seem to be sitting in some sort of a puddle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Juliet, I'm so worried about getting the good name of the Muppets back out there. You know, you're a good soul, Kermit. Maybe you're too good. 
Why not let passion rule you sometimes instead of responsibility? Maybe if there's a pig in your life that you love, maybe just go with that weird, unnatural, interspecies sexual feeling. (laughs) Juliet, if you're talking about my love for Miss Piggy, then you're right. I haven't allowed my animal instincts to override me because I'm scared what kind of a frog I'd be if I did. I'd ruin that pig. (laughs) Kermit's nephew, Robin, bursts on stage, followed by a crowd of angry muppets. Robin begins to speak in his annoyingly high-pitched but adorable voice. Burton, I don't trust you. You're not even a muppet. I apologise in response. I'm sorry, I desperately want to be. I've always wanted to be. I've been online, Juliet. I've seen it. Oh, God, what has he seen? I've been on your YouTube channel, and I've seen the video. No, you don't mean... That's right, you traitor! The video you made of Miss Piggy and David Cameron! You made Piggy look like she was falling in love and in bed with a Tory! (laughs) I panic. It's only had over 300 views. (laughs) Kermit turns me gently towards him. Is it true? You mixed Muppets with politics? Without warning, Miss Piggy bursts forth. You sullied my innocent name! You're so immature! Why don't you go hang out with the Muppet Babies? Well, firstly, the only human who hangs out with the Muppet Babies is Nanny, and I don't want to wear striped socks. I just don't want to be reduced to only legs. You're just afraid to have your legs on show to the world! Hey, at least I have legs! You Muppets take Manhattan! You didn't even do your own stunts! It was obviously a man in a wig when you were on those roller skates! It wasn't even a woman! And you call yourself a feminist! (laughs) She defends herself. I do karate! (laughs) Yeah, well, I do boxercise sometimes. Okay, only actually once I did, but still, besides, you're not innocent. I start to cry with all the emotion. Look, Miss Piggy, I don't want to fight with you. She looks doubtful and vulnerable all of a sudden. Maybe I'm not the strong icon you want me to be. I'm just a pig standing in front of a frog asking him to love her. (laughs) She looks forlornly in Kermit's direction. Piggy, you don't need to chase after a frog who doesn't love you. You can love you. And even though you're voiced by a man, in many ways your voice has taught me how to have a strong female voice. Plus Kermit is, let's be honest, not as kick-ass as you. He's a bit too good to be true. He's the Captain America of the Muppets. You deserve someone sexy and dangerous. You deserve an Iron Man. Mr. The Frog, I'm so sorry about that video. I wish I'd never made that stupid thing. I was just trying to be relevant and satirical. But Juliet, he says calmly, you don't have to be those things. You are who you are. You're not satirical and you're utterly irrelevant. (laughs) Juliet, we forgive you because we're the Muppets and, well, kindness is kind of our thing. Just then, a blue furry shape steps forward out of the shadows. It's Gonzo. (laughs) Miss Burton, is that... (laughs) He sniffs the air. Chanel chance you're wearing. (laughs) Why, yes, I hear a timid voice that sounds a lot like my own saying. I know you like other kinds of birds, but you're everything I want, everything I want to be. Would you make me Juliet the Great? I look into his eyes, and his eyelids move because he's one of the few Muppets whose eyelids can actually do that. (laughs) I begin to quote him my favourite song. This looks familiar. Strangely familiar, almost unreal yet, it's too soon to feel yet, close to my soul and yet so far away, I'm going to go back there someday. Oh, Gonzo, in this world where people come and go, you're the one steadfast thing. You're the only Muppet who has been voiced by the same person since his creation. You're constant. You can't stay here, Juliet. You have to get back to the real world. But I don't want to leave you, Gonzo. You don't have to. A part of you will always stay here. Then Gonzo reaches out to my heaving chest and places his blue furry hand with a weird wire attached to the bottom of it. (laughs) 
and touches me like I've never been touched. Something in me separates. Suddenly, I'm no longer staring into the soulful eyes of Gonzo. I'm staring into a pair of large, blue, felt eyes. Juliet, meet Julie Uppet. <laughs> Finally, my dream is realised. Part of me is now and will forever be a Muppet. Julie Uppet stayed with the Muppets in a polyamorous relationship with Gonzo and Camilla. <laughs> Kermit started sweeping Miss Piggy off her feet and they had mad, passionate, interspecies sex regularly. Before I left the theatre that day to return to the real world, Kermit took me to one side and said, Juliet, go find your own adventure. Stop living through ours. And maybe find your own weirdo risk-taker who loves perfume and you. Or maybe be your own weirdo risk-taker who loves perfume and you. So that's what I've done here tonight. I've been a weirdo and taken some risks and I took a Chanel chance. Thank you. Wasn't that lovely? The Muppets are the best. We all stand the Muppets. My favourite Muppet was Beaker. I genuinely had a Beaker sticker on my folder at school. People are Tom Cruise and Nick Carter, but I was all about that redhead. And you would think seeing beyond looks would make me a super popular girl, but no, no, sadly not. But I do love a scientist. The only mansplaining I will ever actually accept is from scientists, because I don't know how anything works. You know, like, why is water wet? How does my eye work? What is feet? So, that's our show. Thank you for coming. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, Before we go, I hope you're all getting some comfort from your popular culture of choice during this bizarro time. My current brain distraction is The Magicians on Amazon Prime. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. All the actors are 30, playing 20-year-olds. And if I was a TV producer from the 90s, I would describe it as Harry Potter, but on speed. Uh, But seriously, it's dumb in the best possible way, like mostly everything in life. So if you've got any good pop culture recommendations you want to send our way, you know, something we can tell people about, recommend to other people, give them some mental respite from everything that's happening, then please get in touch. uh, DearHarrySpock at gmail.com and I'll read them out. So I guess nothing to say, but I'll see you on Thursday, the 2nd of April at 8pm on Twitch. Take care of yourselves. Bye, love you, bye. Harry Slash Bock was presented by me, Ellen Waddell. And it was made to sound good by Steve Dawson. Uh, Steve Dawson actually has his own podcast called Mind Canyon. You can listen to that if you type Mind Canyon into the computer. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.